curiosity a true crime podcast i'm your host jade and thank you so much for joining me today my eyes are extremely dry but last week we discussed the murder of private first class barry winchell and this week we are going to be discussing the murder of linda anderson who was murdered by her two daughters so let's get started before we begin i want to point out that this case takes place in Canada. So if you're from Canada, if you're listening in Canada, thank you so much. But in Canada, the Youth Criminal Justice Act is in effect. And as a result of this act, the mother, daughters, and son all have aliases. Their true names have never been revealed. Therefore, the names you hear are made up by journalists and that's what everyone goes by. No one knows their name. Or what they look like. So, now we can actually get started. Linda Anderson was born on April 15, 1959 in Mississauga, Ontario, in Canada. She was the mother to her three children, Sandra, Elizabeth, and Bobby. Linda's husband abandoned the family, leaving Linda as a single mother. In 2001, she got married again, and this time her husband was convicted of drunk driving and domestic abuse. Linda suffered from depression, and she used alcohol to cope. Her drinking became worse after her second husband was accused of drunk driving and domestic abuse. Linda was an x-ray technician at the time, but she was unemployed. Linda spent a lot of her money on alcohol, and her daughters despised her for it. The daughters, who were 15 and 16 at the time, wanted everything that their friends had, such as new clothes and a house with a swimming pool. It's a bit of a big request, if you ask me. But, you know, at that age, you think those things... Ow, I literally just poked myself in the eyeball. Brief intermission, hold on. Okay. At that age, you think those things make you cool and popular, like having a house with a swimming pool. I thought that at one point, and then I was like, nobody cares, you know, and that is what they wanted. They wanted these big things that they could not get. Sandra indicated that they were victims of childhood sexual abuse, which she reported to a priest, as well as physical abuse, but that was not reported. She also stated that Linda would usually drunk drive and that she did not care about the safety of herself or her children and that she could not provide the bare necessities for her family. Sandra and Elizabeth were fed up with their mother and decided that the only way to get rid of her was to murder her, for which they used the internet for. Silly. Linda Anderson also had a life insurance policy. Sandra and Elizabeth stated that once they received the money, they intended to go to Europe with their friends and buy a house. 
The goal was to make her death appear to be an accident, as if she just simply drowned in the bathtub. The sisters also told their group of three friends about their plan to murder their mother, and they all encouraged them. If your friend encourages you to murder someone, um, you should probably get new friends. Their friends did not inform a single soul, like the police, their parents, you know, that a murder was going to take place. Sandra and Elizabeth began giving their mother alcohol on the afternoon of January 18th, 2003, around lunchtime, with the intention of getting her drunk. And, you know, if they obviously are going to get her drunk, she could not defend herself. They gave Linda six Tylenol-3 pills, which included codeine, to lower her heart rate. The sisters filled the bathtub with water and took their mother to the bathroom. The sisters had difficulty getting her into the bathtub because they're technically dealing with dead weight. I mean, she's drunk. There's not much she can do. And, you know, they weren't bodybuilders, so they were struggling a bit. After putting Linda in the bathtub, they put on gloves and gave their mom a massage. According to police records, Sandra told her mother to lie on her stomach so that, you know, she could massage her back, gotta get every spot of her body. Sandra then pushed her mother's head into the water and didn't pick it up until about four minutes later, by which time her mother was dead. Sandra and Elizabeth had to make sure they had an alibi. They met up with their friends at a local restaurant at 6.51 p.m. and told them that they killed their mother. Sandra and Elizabeth arrived home around 10.30 p.m. to discover their mother was dead. Shocker. I'm curious as to who did that. How did she die? We don't know. They called the police and reported that they left the house at 6 p.m., and by that time, their mother was already drunk and ready to take a bath when they left. And to them, she drowned in the bathtub because she was drunk. Medical examiners arrive, and they take the body, complete the autopsy report, and Linda Anderson's death is reported as an accidental drowning due to alcohol intoxication. Sandra and Elizabeth would get away with murder for almost a year. Sandra and Elizabeth moved in with their aunt, and their three-year-old brother moved in with other family members. Linda's son received $67,000 in life insurance, while Sandra and, Liz and Elizabeth received $133,000. Sandra and Elizabeth were taken into custody in separate youth detention facilities on January 21st, 2004. They both denied having anything to do with their mother's death when they were questioned. However, after a few hours, the older sister admitted that she and her sister were responsible for their mother's murder. Police then let the sisters see each other for some time, and in that time, they come up with this plan that they would change the story. So once they were separated again, 
the older sister said that everything she said was a lie, that she and her sister didn't really murder their mother, but she only said it for the sake of saying it. Police went to the home and took the computer as evidence. On the computer, they discovered messages discussing their plans and what they needed exactly to murder their mother. They discovered on the computer information regarding mixing alcohol and Tylenol-3. Sandra and Elizabeth's trial began in November 2005, and they were both found guilty of first-degree murder. They were sentenced to 10 years in prison in June 2006, which is the maximum youth penalty in Canada. Six of the 10 years were spent in custody, while the other four spent under community supervision. In 2006, $48,000 of the insurance money was left over and given to the brother. When the murder occurred, Elizabeth had a boyfriend. He was found guilty of conspiring to murder their mother and covering it up after messages from him and the sisters were discovered on the computer. He supplied the sisters with five Tylenol-3 pills, which were later used in the murder. In December 2006, he was found guilty and sentenced to 18 months in prison. However, he was only sentenced to eight months. Sandra was released to a halfway house in 2009, and Elizabeth was released a year later in 2010. Sandra would go on to graduate from university and worked as a scientist by 2020. Elizabeth got married, had children, and went to law school. In 2014, there was a movie called Perfect Sisters was released, and that movie is based on this story. Sandra spoke out about the film. Her face was blurred in the interview, but she indicated that her mother would never stop drinking. Therefore, she should just murder her because she felt trapped there. She describes her mother stating, quote, she was a beautiful person, very smart and loving. She was seriously traumatized. She was overwhelmed with addiction, with different kinds of abuse, end quote. Sandra stated that she intended to commit suicide right after murdering her mother. Sandra is a single mother who stated, quote, I wish my mother were alive today. She was my best friend, and I would have loved to have her see my young child. I want to share my whole life with my mom. I am so viscerously ashamed of what I've done. My life feels like a living nightmare. I really wish I could wake up out of this life. End quote. According to a Canadian website, the Youth Criminal Justice Act was enacted in 2003, which applies to people aged 12 to 17 who have committed a crime. With youth sentencing, the maximum punishment for any type of offense is 10 years. Um, so it could be murder, robbery, whatever, it's just 10 years the maximum. And basically what this act does is just rehabilitate individuals so, you know, that they could be like Sandra and Elizabeth, go to college, have kids, have a life, you know, all that stuff. End of episode thoughts. 
I would say that obviously anything is better than murder. And I think, not I think, I know that perhaps they should have gotten their mother help. You know, I mean, if you know someone is an alcoholic, I'm pretty sure you can look up on the internet, you know, the same internet that you use to see what mixing alcohol and Tylenol 3 pills would do. Use that same internet and find AA meetings and mental health facilities. Anything but murder. They took advantage of their mother, giving her alcohol and making her defenseless. Many individuals believe that this act in Canada is too lenient on minors who have committed heinous crimes such as murder. But perhaps because I'm used to the American criminal justice system, which has many flaws, don't get me wrong, but obviously most times when someone is convicted of murder in America, it's like life in prison throw away the key or the death penalty. But if you live in Canada and you are listening to this episode, let me know what you think about the Youth Act. Do you think it is too lenient on minors or do you think it should be like, no matter what age you are, if you murder someone, prison time for you? I mean, 15 and 16 year olds, you know, you're old enough to know the difference between right and wrong, that murder is wrong. Because of this act, their names and their whole identities are protected by the government for the rest of their lives. Because they were minors when they committed this crime. I saw this movie in the movie Perfect Sisters in 2015-2016, and I had no idea that this movie was based on this story until I started researching this case, and I was like, huh. This movie, these scenes, they look familiar. Mm, Turns out it's an actual real life story. And maybe because of the age I was when I was watching this, like 15, 16, I didn't believe that humans, much less children, were capable of killing anyone. You know, like, let let alone your own mother. So that was wild. That was strange. But I can say that they are evil. And bragging about your mother's death, what does that do? Does that get, what, what does, okay, that's disgusting. Because to me, it's like, if you, if you're bragging about anything, what do you want? Like brownie points? Do you want a cookie or something? It's strange to brag about murdering your mother much less murdering anything, much less murder, no, much less bragging about anything bad. Why do people brag about things that are bad? No, you're not getting brownie points here. And with that, today's story comes to an end. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Remember, every Thursday, there is a new episode at 7 a.m., If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and rating so I know what you think of the show so that I can read them for you guys. You can keep up with me and the podcast at Criminal Curiosity Pod, Twitter, Crim Curiosity, and TikTok, Criminal Curiosity Pod. That is all that I have for you today. Please be safe out there. Look out for one another. 
Until next time, bye everyone.